The following is a podcast from a qualified senior care provider heard on the Answers for Elders radio show. Welcome back, everyone, to Answers for Elders Radio, and we are here at the Discovery Conference of the Alzheimer's Association, and we've had the privilege of meeting so many incredible providers and people that are full of wisdom as they're helping families um, navigate, you know, the journey of unfortunately with Alzheimer's, which can be a real challenge for people. And I have a wonderful gentleman here with me by the name of Jonathan Prescott, and he's the founder of Wise Caregiving. Uh, Jonathan, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Suzanne. I'm so glad you're here because um, you are here to help the caregivers, and there's so many um, family caregivers out there. And, you know, I think from the Alzheimer's Association, just Alzheimer's alone, in this state alone, um, I believe there's like 150,000 people that are afflicted with Alzheimer's, but they are being cared for by over 300,000 unpaid family caregivers. And boy, oh boy, is that a hard job. And, you know, it's a hard job, but it's also an amazing privilege to do so. And um, you're here to talk a little bit about that. And I think that's really important for our listeners to learn a little bit about what you have to say. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. So tell me a little bit about Wise Caregiving and um, what you do. Yeah, so I came through this a little bit differently than the family caregivers Mm -hmm. in that I did this professionally. And Mm -hmm. so I had all these great teachers that helped me hold the challenge of being a caregiver. Mm -hmm. And in my in my world, I've been a chaplain in hospital, cancer care and a hospice. Mm -hmm. So I had some training. I had uh, peers around me to help me to, to learn. And my heart is really open to family caregivers because, you know, there's there's a moment when you become a caregiver and our system expects you to know what to do. But you haven't received the training. You haven't got the peer support that you need, mm-hmm. and yet you carry this 24-7. And on top of that, I, what you're saying is so true. I, when I was taking care of my mom, I have distinct memories of when I was in the thick of it, and I felt the weight on my shoulders, like literally felt the weight, like I had to do it all, and I felt so lost. And I remember so many nights that I would lay awake at night just completely uh, not knowing what to do, feeling so alone in the process, and and really feeling like I didn't, I, you know, all her life was on my shoulders, you know, the decisions that I was making, and I didn't feel equipped to make them. And I know that feeling. I know how that so many families that are dealing with that. And, you know, my mom had dementia. Um, she didn't have Alzheimer's, but she had dementia, and I know, but I know that process and that feeling. So. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, being, you know, stepping up to help people like how I used to be because it is so needed here. (laughs) Well, and and I have a real faith in people's internal goodness, their internal ability to do this work. And they don't need Mm -hmm. uh, to go to college to figure out how to do it. They just need a little bit of help to connect with their own inner wisdom. And that's what I'm trying to bring to them, and, and particularly mm-hmm. the wisdom that comes from contemplative traditions. Now, explain to me what the contemplative traditions are. Yeah, so a contemplative is one who, <coughs> who uses 
awareness mm-hmm. of as a basis of their way of interacting with the world. They know what's happening in their own bodies, in their own minds, and they also use that to know what's happening in the bodies and the minds of the people that they're caring for. Mm-hmm. So we all have this ability built into us. But the contemplative traditions have, have mined this for millennia, and it's a bit forgotten in our culture. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, the, the quality of, of presence of, of simply being here with another person. Mm-hmm. This is something that we can develop and, and it can be uh, an even more effective treatment than medical care. To be, to be seen and to see someone Very fully is, is, is vital. Mm-hmm. And these are the sorts of things that contemplatives have been doing uh, all through our history. It's, it's usually been in some religious tradition or other but it's in all the religious traditions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm a Buddhist, but I don't come as a Buddhist to do this work. I, I touch in my deep practice of Buddhism, but it's if you practice Catholicism or Orthodox Judaism or sure. any other, you touch that same power that you Absolutely. can bring. Absolutely. So it's not about being this or that. Well, and it's so true what you say. It's like I, you know, I think we as adult children... Um, oftentimes have our own tapes running about our parents, about who they are, what we think they are, which they're, you know, when they become more vulnerable, um, sometimes the tapes don't stop. You know, it's getting yourself rewired, I guess, in a way to realize that they're not necessarily who you thought you were. You know, I think used to think my dad was infallible. You know, dad was never going to fail you know, he's always going to be around. There was this element of denial. So when I started to see him to fail, you know, I was hanging on to the fact that, oh, dad's fine. You know, dad's going to be okay. And you just, you don't necessarily get in touch with things. So when when a crisis happens, you're not prepared. You don't have that ability. So what do you do as a caregiver is you go into kind of this, you know, mode, this fight mode, Mm -hmm. um, which necessarily doesn't, isn't the best way, especially to take care of yourself in yeah. the process. Yeah, well, those, those views through which you see the world, those tapes, as you call them, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's one thing to recognize them in another person, and that's really important. But even more important is to recognize them inside yourself. Right. Because when you can see that you are viewing your loved one through the tape that you have, Big you recognize time. you're not actually viewing your loved one. Mm-hmm. You're viewing your tape of them. So a contemplative practice invites you to lay down that tape mm-hmm. and to see things as they are. And when you can so do important. that, you can actually then have a more appropriate response than you would have if you're just responding from your preconceived idea. That's important. So how, do you, how does somebody do that? I mean, yeah. that's a big question. How do you get separate in your mind that that's your tape and be present? What are some yeah. skills that you can say with Well, us? we first have to figure <clears throat> out how do we slow down enough so that we're available to see things as they are. Mm-hmm. We have so much momentum built up in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. And, and being a contemplative caregiver is, is to give yourself the space to be calm enough that you can actually see. So a lot of what I teach people is ways to calm themselves down, mm-hmm. ways to slow down what it is that they're, um, they're projecting out there in the world, right. and then to trust that what arises from them as a response is sufficient, that they are enough. Mm-hmm. Without mm-hmm. a lot of extra training, their, their inherent loving nature 
is enough of a response very often to meet the situation. Oh, well, that's amazing. And we are talking again to Jonathan Prescott, and you are the founder of Wise Caregiving, and you work with families to help them facilitate that. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. That's awesome. And then you, um, obviously, in, in helping that, you know, families come to that place. It's so interesting that you share. I have, I in my book, I talk about the fact that the first time I saw my mom laying on a, in the emergency room. Um, and I'd had this built up that, Oh, she was just fine. I'll be back tomorrow. And yeah, she's, and I remember that day looking at her and seeing this fragile little lady that, and all that stuff just went away. And it's kind of interesting, but I felt it leave my, my soul. Wow. You know, it was a powerful position. And all of a sudden I realized that I was responsible for her. And it was almost like I felt like she was this precious thing that I needed to take care of. That's that's so great because, you know, one of the benefits of opening up this space for yourself is that the preciousness of life comes forward. And it's one of the reasons why uh, you asked about what we can do to prepare Mm -hmm. ourselves to be this. It's to face our own mortality. Because if we can face our own mortality wow. and really know that this, this life is short and yes. precious, then when we face it in the ones we love, mm-hmm. we're not surprised by it. We know <clears throat> that this is the way it right. is. And I, I've always said to people, caregiving is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but it was my greatest privilege. Yes. And I look at those days, the, the last, I'm getting emotional, but I look at those final days with my mom. I had her. You know, yes, I was alone in it all, and it was hard, and my family pretty much just left me alone to deal with it. Um, but I got the gift of the end of her life. Yeah. You know, and that was the thing that I'm so, I will be forever grateful for. And it's, you know, people like you that can help caregivers out there to to touch that part of yeah. themselves, I think is so valuable. Yeah, and I try and help people do just what you're talking about. I help them see how they are also receiving while they're giving, oh, I you know, that. and because that makes it sustainable and you it are receiving is. in your act as yes. a caregiver, you're receiving. And sometimes I felt like in my work with hospice and cancer patients, I've gotten much more than I've given. Well, and it's interesting too, because when you feel that way, you're, you know, you're saying thank you. You know, your soul is saying thank yeah. you. All of a sudden the dynamic between you changes. It's like no more is the person that you're caring for that person that, you know, is demanding of you, it's like, wow, you know, I, I am honored to serve you, mom. My heart is opening constantly in this process. Yeah. Yeah. What a gift. Well, Jonathan, that's wonderful. So how do we reach you? Well, you can reach me through my website, which is Mm wisecaregiving.org. And you can reach me by email at info at wisecaregiving.org. Those are the best ways. Mm -hmm. And um, I welcome people to contact me. I work with people by video conference if they're uh, distant. Good. Or also in my office in Anacortes. That's awesome. And really, you can help people. You know, we have about a minute left, Jonathan. And I want to I want to really talk about if your family is whether in crisis or if you are just on your own or just trying to figure it out. um, There's really no wrong time to call you, it sounds like. No, I mean, it, it may not be able that I would meet the crisis need mm-hmm. with you, right. but I can help you figure out a way to be sustainable in this. Yeah, well, yeah. and that's the thing. It's it's that palliative 
care for yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? right? And just making sure that your that your mindset is is on track. So I'm so glad to have you on the show today and and thank you for everything that you do. Thank you, Suzanne, for inviting me. Answers for Elders radio show with Suzanne Newman hopes you found this podcast useful in your journey of navigating senior care. Check out more podcasts like this to help you find qualified senior care experts in areas of financial, legal, health and wellness and living options. Learn about our radio show, receive our monthly newsletter, receive promotional discounts and meet our experts by clicking on the banner to join the Senior Advocate Network at AnswersForEldersRadio.com. Now there is one place to find the Answers for Elders. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.